Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. And here are some California stories you need to know to start your day. State regulators have rejected San Francisco's request to revisit their decision allowing robo-taxi firm Waymo to carry passengers 24-7 throughout the city. The city asked for a rehearing of the commission's decision, arguing the agency had violated its own rules and state law by granting the permit despite ongoing safety concerns. Scientists in California state government plan to walk off the job next week in what would be California's first-ever civil servant strike. The California Association of Professional Scientists will stage a three-day strike November 15th through the 17th. Congresswoman Doris Matsui has included an $850,000 appropriation for Capitol Public Radio's proposed move to downtown Sacramento in a House bill now under debate. Also up for debate is if Cap Radio can actually make the move, as Sacramento State, which holds its broadcast license, tries to correct management and spending issues that could leave the station unable to pay off its debt by January. Scammers have been stealing millions of dollars a month from low-income Californians' EBT cards. Yet the state still hasn't put in needed protections to keep those cards secure. CalMatters reporter Jeannie Kwong has more. The state uses EBT debit cards to deliver benefits like food stamps and cash assistance for living expenses. Scammers steal these EBT card numbers through a process called skimming where thieves install a hidden device at checkout counters or ATMs that copies a card's information when users swipe to pay. The reason these cards are extra vulnerable is that they don't have the security chips that now come standard on credit and debit cards. The state's lost at least $100 million to fraud on EBT cards since the summer of 2021. When that fraud happens, taxpayers foot the bill. County welfare fraud investigators say they've been asking for security upgrades on the cards for years. Yet the state says the earliest the EBT cards will get chips is summer 2024. That's CalMatters' Jeannie Kwong. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just 
what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio is always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. The Biden administration promises a work-centered trade policy that delivers shared prosperity for all Americans. But as San Francisco gets ready to host this year's Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, labor advocates say workers' interests are not sufficiently represented at the talks. KQED's Farida Javala-Romero reports. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai says she's toured the country to hear from workers and businesses so she can deliver policies that can lift all boats. Here she is speaking at the University of North Carolina earlier this fall. And in order to work with us to develop a more inclusive, sustainable, and resilient economy in the Asia-Pacific region, it is critical for our partners to meet and hear directly from the leaders of our worker organizations, not just our company CEOs. The administration is moving in the right direction, says Kim Tavaloni, who directs the San Francisco Labor Council. For example, she points to new laws encouraging semiconductor chip makers to move their manufacturing back to the U.S. You know, we appreciate the great strides that the Biden administration has already taken. We want to go one more step and make sure that workers and the unions are at the table. Like, I'd like the steelworkers at the table when we're talking about, you know, trade with China and what that means to American workers. Lorena Gonzalez-Fletcher agrees. The former state assemblywoman now heads the California Labor Federation. You know, the international deals seldom involve workers, and that's why we run into so many problems. When we look at how many jobs we've offshored, when we look at what's happened to our manufacturing in the United States, even as we're, we're pushing to bring it back under this presidency, she and other union representatives say the Biden administration must do more to put workers front and center at APEC, too. The event features a CEO summit with the presidents of Korea, Chile, and Vietnam, for example, but nothing comparable on worker issues. Some labor unions are planning to protest outside APEC's security zone. Gonzalez Fletcher says they'll call attention to the ways trade deals can benefit governments or companies with poor records on workers' rights. Every time we look at trade deals, right, uh, we're, we're primarily signing them with countries that have worse records than we do on worker rights. And let's be true and honest with ourselves. In the United States of America, corporations do not even abide by basic labor laws. At least, she and other labor organizers have a right to protest in San Francisco without fear for their lives. In the Philippines, one of the APEC member economies, the police have been accused of murdering dozens of trade unionists in recent years. And at the APEC summit in Thailand last year, riot police shot rubber bullets and beat demonstrators calling for better livelihoods and environmental protections. 
Now, it's unlikely any formal trade agreement would come out of APEC, which is a voluntary forum focused more on cooperation. But the political mood has shifted, says Michael Beeman, a former assistant U.S. trade representative with both the Trump and Biden administrations. He says the U.S. is pushing for trade deals to reflect worker demands. And it does so through kind of tying together issues like labor and environment to traditional trade issues. Uh, maybe a supply chains, for example, trying to um, ensure supply chains are clean of forced labor conditions. So it manifests itself in many different ways. At the very least, Beeman says, APEC and forums like it are valuable opportunities to raise these issues. For the California Report, I'm Farida Jabala Romero in San Francisco. And that's the California Report for Friday, November 10th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Jim Bennett, Catherine Monahan, Brian Douglas, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Bijan Siavoshi, Izzy Bloom, and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. Hint, fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners. Hint's 25 flavors include blackberry, coconut, and blueberry lemon. In stores or at hintwater.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.